Warming up, it's warming up. Man, I hope you have your big girl panties on. This is episode 258 of the Who Move My Freedom podcast, coming to you live from the Strange Media Studios in Gainesville. My very, very special guest, there he goes, the author, Joshua Coburn, one of my really very good friends. What's up, Josh? How's it going, man? Uh, things are good, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm stoked. Appreciate yes, it. thank you. Now we've got to do this. I'm 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 not doing it the way I usually do it, but we got to do jazz hands. So this is jazz hands. I think you've you've been on with Ryan. You guys did jazz hands. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. And the thing is, jazz hands are now famous, man. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> jazz hands are famous. And the the weird thing is, we're we're obviously going to talk about Josh's book, shit that needs said. We're talking about right. that. The book is out. This is your third book, right? It's actually technically my fourth, but Whoa, uh, we okay. can get into that a little later. Yeah, cool. All right. Awesome. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that. It's, uh, you know, it's in the realm of motivation. So we're going to have that discussion. But the thing is, when I first started doing this, I came up with the jazz hands thing as kind of a way to get everyone psyched up and unwound and all that kind of stuff. Crazy enough, crazy enough, Richard Hughes one of the people that supports the channel sent me this article, um, which if you want to look it up, just go on Google and search jazz hands and then go to Google News or something. And there's this article. The headline says clapping replaced with jazz hands at student union amid fears noise could trigger student anxiety. Uh, among some of the students. So whooping is also discouraged at Manchester University Student Union. That's all in the UK. Yeah, I'm a fan of Manchester United, by the way, soccer. So, you know, I'm not a big sports guy, but I used to live in England. So I kind of don't have any choice but to be a fan of Manchester United. So um, so there's people that think that um, that like clapping and all that could could uh, set people off or trigger people. So their solution they've come up with instead is jazz hands jazz hands so and it's also like some kind of i think jazz hands is the way that you clap in some sign languages i don't know if you know it do you know anything about sign language uh unfortunately i don't but i do know the jazz hands rule and i'm guessing they're probably over in the uk thinking you know what we need a replacement for this someone caught the podcast and like hank strange knows what's up we're changing it <laughs> they, they actually probably they probably call it the hank strange Jazz hands sure. over yeah, there right. at the at yeah. university. That's what I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah, somehow I don't I, I don't think so. But, you know, it's just a thing that I started doing and it's become a thing. Um, you know, this is how it goes sometimes. Strange coincidences of the universe. I don't know anything about sign language except for the international. You know, I know the international sign language, though. You, I don't you know, know what I mean. Shit about you, that. Oh, no? well, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, you know I, who I, you I know. follow. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. So that's what I know about. So let me, um, you know, thanks for coming on, man. We're gonna. This is gonna be fun. We're gonna be here for the for two hours talking with Josh about shit that needs said. Um, so we've got a bunch of people here in the chat. Usually I shout them out. I am gonna shout them out. I just want to encourage everyone to hit the thumbs ups. We need those. Get out there. Hit the thumbs ups. I'm gonna thumbs up this myself, man. I'm gonna put my own thumbs up in you know <laughs> you you guys know i'm trying i'm trying to keep it a little pg as we're getting in this early you're not you're not a pg kind of guy right 
Uh, me? No. I mean, my book's called Shit That Needs Set, so that's yeah. about as far from PG yeah. as you get. Yeah, I mean, on, there's, on, a little, there's, there's a little asterisk on it. Yeah. Well, until you pull the slip cover off, then you get the full... Oh, I see. As it were. Okay, so the slip cover is just in case it's like in the supermarkets or something, and uh, the little kiddies see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, you know, I gotta tease you. I gotta tease you a little uh, bit. Oh, it was it was my little concession because I figure when we pre did pre orders, people can get posters. So oh. we thought that would be an adequate poster, and maybe yeah. people didn't want shit on their walls, right? Yeah. The thing I the, the here's the thing. I mean, I think it's cool. I think that's a cool way to do it. You know, I would have probably uh, YouTube is all over me, so I would definitely get in trouble. You know, if I just put like if I actually put shit that needs to be said instead of that. Right. My problem with it, it's blocking the awesome abs that you've got going on there, twelve right. pack or whatever that right. is, and right. in there. You know, we can't see any like. You know, do you have piercings on the nipples? Uh, I don't know. No, longer, no longer. There was a time. There was a time. Oh, really? we're, going right, we're going right over the edge, man. Right, up, right out the gate. Yeah, don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. So, yeah, we're going to get into all of that. If, um, if, if any of you folks out there have questions and things like that, you want to ask Josh. If there's folks out there, I think one of the reasons why I wanted to have Josh come on, other than he's like a really good friend of mine, he's supported what I've done here for some time. I think in um, in today's world, you know, I think we're we're very divided politically, right? Obviously, and that's creating lots of tension for everyone, for everyone. And then those of us who are on this kind, this side of that fence, you know, whatever category you put yourself into, I don't know. But if you're watching this show, if you're if you know who we are, then you're on this side of the fence. I think we get frustrated uh, as well, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and we have to find coping mechanisms and ways to deal with all the craziness we see going on out there. Sometimes it feels kind of helpless. You know, people who we think we're on, on our side, they're not on our side and we're we're losing stuff. We think people are taking things away from us. I want to make sure that I do something to keep people motivated. I think that probably has, you know, something to do with why you wrote this, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, m- mostly just the, from a content standpoint, uh, kind of if we're generalizing, it really comes down to the simple fact that everybody needs a kick in the ass, no matter what they support on, on any side politically in their own life, to get off the couch, to, to move, to, to, to exercise, to eat differently, to reach goals, whatever the hell they may be. And that was really kind of the focus of the book. That's why I wrote it. That's it, ultimately I had someone say the phrase, Oh my gosh, on, on my Instagram. Cause as you know, uh, on my Instagram, I post positive stuff every day. And right. I had What's your say, Instagram? Uh, it's just Joshua Coburn, at Joshua okay. Coburn. All yeah, right, cool. Thank you. Um, but I just had someone say, you know what, man? You say the shit that needs said. And I was like, that's it. There you so go. <laughs> I, I jotted it down and off off we went. Sounds like the name of a band. Sh- uh, shit that needs said? Yeah. It kind of <laughs> does. Like a, like a pop punk, blink one yeah. kind of band. <laughs> Yeah, it talks about PPs and and yeah. masturbation a lot. That's what it comes across um, to me as. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. See now you're going there. So I, listen. <laughs> yeah. So if anyone has any questions, if you guys maybe have stories, if you think you know, if you're feeling like down, I think we need to be able to reach out to each other and show people out there that there's someone 
that's why I do what I do kind of like it gives me a platform to get things off my chest. And then I think it gives you guys an opportunity. Here's a great one. Ask us questions. Ask Josh questions. We're going to get deep into it with him. I'm just going to go real quick, Josh, and shout out everyone here in the chat. Like I said, please, folks, hit the thumbs ups. Also recognize we are sponsored by Franklin Armory. There it goes. And we did put out a how it's made video with Franklin Armory. Um, their PDW, actually, that they make. I, I, after, I actually saw you the last time, I think. When, when was that I saw you in, uh, in late Iowa? Late June. Was it late, late June? Late June, I think. Yeah, yeah right, right around the like, 28th, 29th, something like that. Right. Okay, yes. Because after, after we did the uh, convoy and all that, right. I made a road trip and I stopped off in Iowa. And we did a really cool video that I have to finish editing and put out. <laughs> 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 so that's it. That's all I'm telling anyone about it. I think these guys will enjoy it. So okay. after I saw you, I actually, um, where the hell was I going with that? Uh, Franklin Armory. Oh, Franklin Armory. Yeah. Before I saw you, I saw the Franklin Armory guys and I did a how it's made on their PDW. So that, that the, um, there's a link in the description of this video to that video, as well as there's a link in here to Josh's website. If you guys want to get this book, it's a really good book. We're going to get into it. So let me go through here and shout out everyone, Josh, if you don't mind. Um, E-Rock, shout out to E-Rock. He was number one in the chat today. Richard Hughes, Ridge Runner. Let's see, Henry42, Kiaski as well, Special K, Boss Hog, Vanessa Kitty. Also in here, DCG44s, Rodney Brady, uh, Jason Shera, Mike Bryant. Uh, let's see who else we got. James Lawson, Care Bear on the Holiday Road. Josh, these are going to be some weird names. <laughs> I'm digging them. I'm yeah, digging them. There's no one in there. You know, see, like your you're, like your name, Joshua Coburn. I don't know how popular that is, but you know, it's, it's like a regular name, right? You know, when I look at you, I think your name will be like Star Child. Alpha Zeta or something like that. <laughs> I, I, I always go with the, my old favorite. Like, I feel like I'd have a Mad Max name, which would be Rusty Blades. <laughs> right? <laughs> that sounds okay. awesome. <laughs> Rusty Blades. Oh, Rusty I don't know. Blades. I don't know. I don't know about that. But yeah, so so the folks here, they've got some crazy names. So you're going to probably hear some of those. Uh, let's see. Sure. Care Bear on the Holiday Road. We've got Rob Avis, uh, Greg98K, The Archangel. Uh, Christian Gress, Ghetto, Ghetto is also in here. Uh, Richard Portella, Clovertack, shout out to uh, Clovertack, says Jazz Hands, also Spirit Fingers. Oh, got to do that. What, spirit Fingers. What, what Spirit Fingers? Jazz Hands, Jazz Hands are this, Spirit Fingers are this. See oh, that? this? Oh, Spirit yeah, Fingers. Yeah, Spirit oh. Fingers. Oh, I see, you, I get, you, it. You I get it. Go, you can modify the Spirit Fingers and do this, some of this, some of that. <laughs> okay all right i learned a new thing then yeah i learned a new one uh music lover out there says uh waving blue hands uh tacos and french fries is also in here moo butt moo butt is in there we go kenny van cleave is here as well screaming skull saloon bricks um let's see Clover Tax says, could Josh look any more like your typical author? I mean, come on, no way to pick that dude out of a crowd of writers. I sarcast I say sarcastically. <laughs> right. Typical. <laughs> I actually forgot my pipe, my cardigan, and my cat is is generally <laughs> what makes me an author, right? 
Oh, okay. My, like with a turtleneck? <laughs> right. Like the, yeah, exactly. With my large supply of leather bound books on a big mahogany <laughs> shelf behind me. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Highwayman 64 is here as well. Um, let's see. The Armsmen. Um, who else do I have in here? Uh, Clint Skeens is in is in the house. Shout out to Clint Skeens. Let's see who else. I'm trying to I'm trying to get everyone here. I'm probably going to miss some people. Leonidas of Spartan. He says, Hank, shout out to PA residents to call their senators to vote no for HB 2060. So <laughs> do that. Do that, people in Pennsylvania. I'm not exactly sure what HB 2060 is. We've got a lot of crap coming at us in the uh, two-way community. So I say vote no to every damn thing. That's my plan. <laughs> Hard to argue with that. Yeah, no to everything. <laughs> um, Len Holt says, good evening to everyone. Let's see. RTS guys here as well. The Tyvin Show is in the building. Shout out to the Tyvin Show. Let's see. We've got Ghost Tactical, Ramen's. Ramen and soup, flopping garbage. Uh, Ryan Morales. Uh, let's see who else do we have in here. Uh, uh, I, th- I got Clint Van- Kenny Van Cleef. Okay, there we go. Big Dick Willie. He's also in. Big Dick Willie says vote. Uh, are you familiar with Big Dick Willie? Uh, I uh, maybe not that specific Big Dick Willie, but maybe uh-huh. a Big Dick Willie or two. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, there's more than one. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying. Like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> David G is out there as well. Bruce uh, Ludman. Uh, let's see. Armament and Axes. I can't remember if I've missed him or not, but there we go. Got him again. All right. So if I, uh, I carry my revolver in single action, I see out there. Let's see. Jim Way Jam also. SoCal Gunner, Joshua Levy, Snake Doctor 78. Um, if I missed anyone, let me know. Mr. FNH, shout out to him. Chris Osborne, uh, opt out of gun control. Shout out to everyone in the chat. Uh, please, guys, hit the thumbs ups, okay? And then share this video. We really need it. Um, if, if you don't feel like you need some motivation today, you probably have a friend, someone that you care about that does need some motivation. So this might be the kind of thing to point those people to. Um, I see Stefano Dog, Grizz3. There's some new people coming in. Shout out to all the new people that are here as well. Jokers, 60. Shout out to them. All right, listen, let's get into this. Lola would always want to know, Josh. Lola always wants to start with the biography questions. Like, who sure. are you and where did you come from? Sure. Uh, well, <laughs> who am I? Uh, I'm Joshua Coburn. I was born and raised in small town Iowa, which is... Uh, pretty much where I still reside. Um, I guess my my uh, kind of elevator pitch biography is essentially that um, I'm a social media marketing specialist, brand engagement dude, um, also 5% athlete, author, motivational speaker, world traveler, cat lover, bearded male, mm-hmm. gym guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all those things. Yeah. <laughs> What does that mean, 5% athlete? I mean, I've heard of 5%ers. You ever heard of the 5%ers? Yeah, yeah, the 5%ers. 5% of the population that's willing to do whatever it takes to reach their goals and dreams, right? Uh, No, I was talking about Uh some other 5%ers. I don't think you you know about those guys. No, no, no. There's some dudes called 5%, unless I'm mistaken. I believe there were some dudes when I was growing up in New York called 5%ers. Could Um, be. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the five percent nation sometimes referred to as NGE or NOGE, the nation of gods and earths. 
You never heard? Yeah, it's like, uh, uh, yeah, mostly these dudes somehow got into this in jail. Wow. You know, and well, uh, there's uh, a lot of these guys. I in feel the, like, huh? I, I was just going to say, somehow I feel like now I'm fitting automatically right into this other crowd. Like, I'm just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know if you should. Yeah, I don't know if you you would not fit into the crowd. These are usually black guys and they're very against the man. Oh, <laughs> oh I got gotcha. you. I got I'm you. not saying you're the man, but these are some very militant. If uh you've been to New York, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you ever seen there's these there's these guys in New York that stand on the street corners and they're like spitting knowledge according to them. Ah, uh, right, right. Yeah, right, those right. are those are the, that's five percenters. If anyone nice. out there, yeah, there's people that out there that know what I'm talking. About. Yeah, that's not where. Yeah. You're, but you said you're like a five percent athlete. What the what the heck? Yeah, yeah. So five five percent uh, nutrition was actually founded by Rich Piana, who's a controversial figure in uh, the fitness world. And essentially, um, 5% of the population is willing to do whatever it takes to reach their goals, reach their dreams, no matter mm-hmm. what. Like, you know, okay. And that's what it's about. So being a 5% athlete, if you see a lot of the athletes, you'll see that they're huge. I mean, they're pushing all the limits in all the ways. Um, some people don't agree. Some people do agree. But mm-hmm. Rich was always really transparent about pushing those limits and being living the 5% life. So that's what it has to do with. And I, I work with 5%. I'm one of their 5% athletes on their site and all those kind of crazy oh, things. Oh, cool. So, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. You know, that, so now everyone's clear on what that is. So, yeah. okay. So you said you were born in Iowa and you're, you haven't moved that far. Are you, you're still living in the same town you were born in? Um, I, I, I in fact am. Um, I was born in, in kind of the the local largest city. And, uh, we lived in a small town called Brooklyn, which is about 20 minutes from where I'm at, uh, which is where I grew up, where I graduated from. And then, uh, kind of moved all over locally and ended up consistently finding my way back here for a million different reasons. And, um, you know, every time I think of moving somewhere, I'm just like, as often as I travel, it doesn't make any sense because Mm -hmm. I'm like, a six hour travel day away from almost anywhere in the U S. So it's like, why wouldn't yeah. I stay here? You know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So how did you, how did you wind up writing novels and stuff? Uh, well, these aren't novels. These are motivational right. books. How did you wind up writing these? Um, you know, back in the day, um, when I was, uh, working in the tattoo studio, I also had a production company and started, you know, a publishing house back in the day. And I just started writing. That's kind of what, took me out of my hole, which if, if you thumb through even the author's note in the book, you'll see it's kind of got a brief history of some of my story. And when I was at my worst, that's when I kind of started really writing stuff. And it took me like two and a half years before I published my first book. And I tried to sell it, didn't sell to anybody, understandably so. Um, and then ultimately, I ended up just starting my own publishing house and, and putting it out. I was putting out records from you know, bands locally that I loved and working in the tattoo studio and, and all this stuff, doing all kinds of guerrilla marketing. So long story short, I just kind of took a page from the kind of punk rock and do it yourself world and just did it myself. You know, I didn't know what I was doing, but that was a good place to start. Right. Yeah. Taking, don't take no for an answer. So, um, you know, if I look at you, you know, and I'm going to just lock this so that everyone can see. When I look at you, I don't see like tattoo artist is not written on you. I'm right. kind of like well, shocked. 
<laughs> right? I'm, I'm sensing a little sarcasm. Uh, yeah. So we just yeah. In in your background there, you just skipped over the whole tattoo thing. Why? Right. Well, I mean, I, I kind of forget about it. I was I was in um, body modification for a long time. I actually never did tattoos, but I did harder core modifications. I did scarification. Um, implants, body piercing, branding, all kinds of stuff back in the day, suspension. Um, and I don't like mean to skip over it. It was actually a very meaningful part of my life. And it's ultimately what kind of the, the, the guy who started that shop, Darren, was a, a good catalyst for me to kind of uh, start facing down some of my fears and start traveling and just doing what I wanted instead of worrying about kind of letting fear control me. So that was really honestly pretty amazing to to have all those experiences but and and the cool thing is back in the day i got to help them set the laws in the state of iowa for body modification and tattooing back in like 2007 8 and 9 mm-hmm. and like all kinds of cool stuff and that's actually how i started kind of crossing over into corporate business because i was just like i started seeing what that was like i was presenting to 500 people at a time at the health department kind of annual meetings so mm-hmm. Okay. You know, I, uh, that's kind of how things started to come together from a business standpoint, corporate business standpoint for me and speaking. Yeah. So now, uh, like you said, you know, sometimes you forget the skin that you're in, because obviously this is the whole thing about perspective, which I think has a lot to do with motivation. Right. You know, we're in our skins and how often do we really come out of ourselves and look back at ourselves, you know, right. and um, I'm, I'm sure even in this world that you and I are in the like, you know, the 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 uh, pro second amendment, uh, libertarian, uh, conservative, all like all whatever different baskets we can put ourselves in. I know for a fact, because I've seen it happen with some people like, you know, you forget who you are, but no one else forgets that on the outside of you looking in. Right. right. And then you right. were just saying that you, you do this corporate stuff. So how, how does what you're into, you know, how does the way that you look affect that? Um, you know, of, because, of course, my parents were always like, you know, these are things you don't do. And tattooing your hands, neck and face were absolutely on that list. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was like it didn't make any sense. Like I was just who I was. I got this one life. I'm going to do it. And it also kind of never gave me a backup plan. So I had to release records. I had to put books out. I had to do everything to the nth degree always. And uh, when I started doing corporate stuff, like really started sitting in on meetings or you know, things like that with some high level individuals in different businesses. It was interesting because, you know, most of the people that I surrounded myself with, you know, like you, you stop seeing it after a while, mm-hmm. but obviously someone new comes in and they are seeing you for the first time. Maybe you have a phone relationship, email, whatever. But it was really interesting because I saw a lot of guys, you know, their mouths hit the floor and they'd say things like you're not, you're not the Josh I expected or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, I, I just spoke at a billion dollar uh, company for the first time, like billion with a B like, and I, I walked in there in a t-shirt just like this. And I'm thinking, how in the hell did I get here? First of all, second of all, you know, they're all like, what in the hell is this guy doing here? You know what I mean? But I pro- provide value and that's all that matters. I, you know, at the end of the day, they, I, I get, I leave what I came to leave and they get what they came to, to get yeah. essentially. But, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. 
I was just going to say, you know, get, getting back to your kind of original comment. Yeah. Everywhere I go, people are like, holy shit. Like you're just not what I expect. They, they, if, if they peg me visually without having met me, of course I'm one thing. And if they've kind of heard my voice or had a relationship, you know, via email or something like that, and then meet me, it, you know, they're very different things because I'm just, I'm never what people expect because I'm a nice guy. I'm not, you know, some hard ass ass kicker, yeah. you know, mean, not dude, a savage. You know? not a exactly. Savage. That's, that's the way to put it. You know, who's a savage, the dude who looks clean cut, clean shaven <laughs> and is in a suit. That guy's a fucking savage and people don't yeah. know it. You know, that's, that's that's the thing I always tell people. The reason why I'm having that conversation is because I, I get that, you know, you and I are friends and I get that from people. Um, I'm sure there'll be people who are looking at this and all that. They'll go like, what, what's up with this guy? Why does this guy look like this? And it might be shocking. That's actually what I love about you. And uh, when I met you, that's what endeared me to Brownells that you work for. You know, right. I know we're, we're not here to talk about to talk about them. You know, that's like your side gig. <laughs> <laughs> you good. But but that's the thing that endeared me to them, because when uh, when I saw you, you know, and, and I met you for the first time, um, I thought to myself, if these if these guys aren't going to judge him, these are the kind of guys I want to rock and roll with because people judge me, too. You know, sure. and, and folks out there might think that, uh, well, how, why are they judging you? There's lots of different reasons, right? Not mm-hmm. just the fact that I'm a black guy. You know, I have a mohawk. There's all these different things. Other people always tell people about stuff that they wouldn't do. I wouldn't do this. I wouldn't cut <laughs> my hair like that. I wouldn't I wouldn't do tattoos. I wouldn't pierce. I wouldn't, you know, do this thing or that thing. Um, but, you know, we are who we are. And I, I always want to tell people that no matter what it is that you think about yourself, because there's people who don't have any of the stuff that you have. They don't have a beard. They don't have the tattoos. They don't have the body modifications. And they feel they still feel like when they go out into the world that they're a complete alien. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I experience that every time I step into a, a high school to speak. You know, it's just uh, just did. I don't know, like nearly a thousand kids um, in, in Southern Iowa recently, which I haven't been speaking too much, but you know, the number of kids that came up that are like, gosh, you have no idea how that made me feel because it was the first time in a long time that I didn't feel alone. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, you're surrounded by 800 other kids, but you felt alone sitting there and I made them not feel that way. So mm-hmm. I totally get that. Absolutely. It's, it's crazy how, um, just, uh, you know, our lives and our paths do make us feel completely alien. And what's strange is I've never felt necessarily comfortable in most settings. Like I'm mostly a recluse. I prefer to be alone. I, I like to spend my time alone, uh, pretty introverted, but my life just has a dictate that I do that all the time. So I have to find my way around it. And I found that by being unabashedly myself, actually draws people to me Mm -hmm. and instead of kind of being that wallflower i can now kind of i don't say hold court but it automatically allows me opportunity to converse with people instead of having to like bridge that gap of walking up to somebody and be like hey excuse me i heard you talking about this and kind of jumping into a conversation because that's scary and i understand why people struggle with that Mm -hmm. so it allows me to kind of be a bit of a catalyst because you know I mean, I, I know when you posted our sweet uh, watch comparison on. Oh yes! Shout out to NFW right there. That's Man. right. Yeah. Um, 
when you only when only it, only the best dudes rock these ones. That's right. Always badasses <laughs> with a big heart, right? That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but when you posted that on your page, the because my hands got implants in it. So for those of you who saw that on uh, Hank's Instagram, mm-hmm. um, you know the conversation even that started both good and bad cracked mm-hmm. me up because I'm like I you know we we just we we're posting about watches, but it distracts people into another area of conversation, which I yeah. think is important. So many people like to stare at their phone and not do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. We got to get past that. Yeah, I think though, I think it is, it's a big thing that we have as human beings and I'm not trying to come down on anyone for, um, for feeling that way. I think it's something that we need to learn how to deal with as human beings and, uh, and get over it. So yeah, I don't have, I don't have any tattoos. I don't have any piercings, but you guys might be surprised to, to know that my, my older brother, Anonymous, he's tattooed out. He's got piercings and stuff like that. You know, he's a really if you think I'm a big guy, he's a really big guy and he's intimidating to a lot of people. And he's and, and at the same time, he's a really cool person. I always tell people that, you know, it's easier for us to stand naked in front of a crowd of people than for us to truly be who we really are. Right. Right. That's the thing. We're always trying to escape that and hide from who we really are. And and I think what we need to learn as human beings is to not see people for what's on the outside, but to try to find out who that person really is when you're dealing with them and then just let go of whatever. Because we all on all sides, there's 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 someone who's going to see a white guy, let's say, in a suit and all that kind of stuff and go, I'm not going to trust that fucking guy. Right. You know, he's wearing a suit <laughs> or or even just by the tie might go, mm, that guy's got a red tie. I don't like him. He's got a blue tie. I don't like him. There's always a thing that we find to, to not like people. And we have to figure out how to get over that. Right. Before it's a, it's it's part of us being able to help ourselves and pull ourselves out of the the, the muck, I think. Uh, I, I agree. We we as a society generally do a great job of pointing out our differences rather than talking about and encouraging our similarities and helping one another. Like that's what drives me crazy. I know you're the same way I am in terms of being a goal oriented person. And all I want to do is see people succeed. Like if they're doing something good that warms their heart, fulfills their life and their family, I'm in, let's do it. Let's try to figure it out. And if you have some different beliefs than me or, you know, make different choices than I do that I may not agree with, that's cool. But you know what? If this is where you're headed, this particular thing that I see eye to eye with you on, let's do it. Let's do it together. Let's encourage together. You know, I mean, if, if it's something we're going to vote differently on, let's vote differently. We don't have to BS about that. Let's talk about this thing and let's get mm-hmm. there together. And that's what I think is often missing because on social media, we te- especially social media, there's uh, kind of a wall. Um, What's, what's the word I'm looking for? This kind of weird, invisible boundary that people think yeah. that it doesn't like a matter. Veil. It, yeah. Yeah. Just goes yeah. out into the ether, right? I just said mm-hmm. it and it's gone. Well, that's not true. In person, I mean, you know how it is. You see the memes that talk about, uh, you know, you got your ass kicked because you didn't, you, you weren't on Facebook, you know, you, you forgot you weren't on Facebook or whatever. <laughs> like, keyboard <laughs> commandos. Right. Yeah. But at the end of the day, man, like, who cares about that? Like, I don't care what we don't have in common. I care about what we do have in common. And that's what I focus on in life. Like, that's why I have friends of all walks of life on all sides politically. Do I agree? Do I think that sometimes their beliefs are absolutely crazy and off the wall, just uncool? Yeah, I think that. Mm -hmm. But 
again, I just don't talk to them about that. If we can agree to disagree and let it, let it go. So that's, that's how I handle it. Maybe it's not the right way, but I'll tell you what, it takes a lot of stress out of my life. And if you don't think that my social media feeds um, are virtually uh, is, is political-less, is is that a, a word? I don't know. <laughs> no, but we can make up words. Don't worry about it. It is. If, if Beyonce can have Bootylicious, damn it, I got this. Yeah. Um, she is Bootylicious. So, well, you know, I mean, that's hard to argue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but listen, uh, yeah, I like, think I, I sense mm-hmm. all that shit. Listen, so, I know, ahead. man. I, I, you, listen, we all forget. It's kind of like tough. Like, I didn't realize um, the kind of stuff that you get because we're friends and, and I don't see that. Right. Right. Um, I'm not saying I never see it. Of course I see it, but I don't think about sure. it until something like that happens. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, why are people seeing this thing? And then I have to wake up and realize like, okay, people they're you know, they've never seen Josh before. So I think it's, a, I think it is a normal thing. You'd be surprised that there's people who I know who are friends with me that they've had campaigns telling me, listen, if you would just dress normally, which I don't know how mess I'm not really sure how unnormal I dress. <laughs> right. But you know, like if you would just dress normally and get rid of the Mohawk and stuff like that, then it'll be, it'll be easier for you in the gun community. You'd be able to do this thing or that thing. So no matter what you do, no matter what you do, right. we're always going to look at this stuff. I think, like you said, we have to try to focus on the common core things. And I think one of those things is that every human being has the right to self-preservation They have the right to exist. You know, they have the right to defend their existence and uh, what they believe. And if what they believe and what they're practicing does not hurt, you know, another human being, they have the right to do that. And if other people want to take that away from them, they have they have to defend that. And I think that Mm -hmm. there's there's no group that you can come up with and say, well, these guys don't have the the right to defend themselves. We may not agree with them. We may hate them even. You know, but they do have that right. Then it just comes down to who's the better person at defending themselves. Uh, that's true. That is absolutely true. Because unfortunately, uh, with freedom, there are consequences. And uh, I would rather have freedom with consequences than no freedom at all. Because I, we've all seen what that does. And that fucking sucks. I mean, all the way around. I mean, even just in travels, you see in different countries what you can and can't do. The fact that, you know, there's no constitution there's no you know given rights that's pretty intense to think about because you see people getting arrested for things that in america we're busy spouting off in the streets as you mentioned you know go to Mm -hmm. another country 15 minutes and you're out you're arrested you at least got six hours you know yeah insane yeah how is it when you um just out of curiosity when you travel to other countries do you (laughs) is it worse than america is it better than than the kind of reaction you get when you're traveling in america um well you you know it's it's interesting it's been different everywhere um because like when i was in russia uh this is way back but i mean everywhere that i went they're like yet nope there's the door like we got kicked out of McDonald's, like because, just <laughs> because of how I looked. We really go going. Yep, absolutely. That's weird. I would think that there's a lot of dudes that look like you in Russia because that's uh, what I see. <laughs> I'm just, I know that's messed up, but that's what we, I see in the movies, man. <laughs> yeah, we didn't see him. Uh, we were there for uh, one of the earliest tattoo conventions, and I was doing some media stuff for the promoter of that. So we were there early, and I didn't have kind of my my guide yet. 
Mm-hmm. So we're walking around, like going into these fruit stands and stuff. And as soon as we'd walk in, they'd step into the back, shove the door shut. And like, <laughs> I was like, all right. But then after, you know, we were, we, we did, uh, you know, their national television and stuff promoting this. And then after their photographers and people following us around. So it was like such a vastly different experience there. But in Japan, uh, like people would walk up constantly and want photos or mm-hmm. to touch you, to see you. Um, but like in just in Iceland, when I was over there, um, it was insane because like everybody was like wondering like if I was a descendant of the Vikings. And yeah, all man, that's stuff. what I was going to say. You look real Nordic. So Iceland is probably the closest. Yeah. And, and <laughs> I didn't even like process that. I was there to do <laughs> some other stuff. And like I didn't even like think about the fact that it's like so Viking. I mean, I should have known. Like I just didn't you know, think about it until I got there. I'm like, Oh, this thing. Yeah. Now skinny, you skinny, you not so much. Now I've seen (laughs) pictures of you when you're skinny, skinny, you not so much. We could talk about that a little bit. I know you're kind of buffed out now compared to, (laughs) to what you used to be. Uh, Razor JB says in Japan, um, they think he would be president of the Yakuza. Uh, right. We were actually told we couldn't go to the bathhouses because we were too tattooed. They wouldn't allow it because of the Yakuza connection. So Right on. Yeah, those guys aren't down with that. And they would look at you and know you're not in Yakuza. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's pretty obvious. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. Listen, I know, I know it's it's uh it's crazy. I'm surprised at the Russia thing though, because you know, you could any day be in a movie and be a Russian gangster any day. Uh I you know, I I was in a movie, but I wasn't a Russian gangster, I was just a regular American gangster. So that was pretty interesting. All right, cool. What movie were you in? Uh, it was a movie called The Underground or Underground years ago. Okay. Um, maybe, maybe I think it came out in 2008, something like that. Yeah. But what's hilarious about it is what a lot of people don't know is that I'm really short. I'm only 5'6". And oh, the dude... Uh-huh. The, 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 <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything about <laughs> no, it. It's all good. <laughs> Not judging. <laughs> uh, the dude who was like the gang leader was like we were standing in like a V formation, you know, kind of. And um, it was really funny because he was like you know, six, six, super tall. And they had him closest to the camera and they had to position me actually in front of him to make it look like I was equally as tall. <laughs> so forced perspective in the movies works. It's all camera. Yeah. You know what? The thing is, 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 um, actors are typically short. So if you're tall, you're going to be mostly be the bad guy in a movie. Like, um, uh, Tom Cruise, for example, a short guy, He's right. One of your people, he's Lilliputian. Yeah. 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 You said, what did you say you were? Five, six? Okay, so you're taller five, than Lola. So, yeah. Smidge, not, not much. A couple of no, inches, maybe? No, I don't, I don't even think Lola gets to five feet, but okay. Oh. <laughs> Whatever. I don't think she gets that tall. She'd like to think she's that tall. She'd like yeah, to think. Yeah, well, her, uh, she, she's got a, a very big personality, so it just fills the room regardless, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, because she thinks she's the boss of everybody. Right. So. Yeah, that's this how that. Oh, thing. you know. It's a good uh, I, I do know. <laughs> yeah. It's all good. Yeah, you know how that goes. Okay, so cool. All right, now um, let's you know let's get into some of the motivational stuff. This this book is a little different, and um, I know you you you've got your other some of your other books. You said you've done like four, but really there's three four, of them yeah. that are out there. Right. Yeah, and two of them are on Amazon, but this one we cannot find right. on Amazon, right? That is correct. Yeah. And that was deliberate. Um, it'll probably eventually get there, but because of the support 
on Instagram and Facebook and everywhere else. And the people that were like, I get messages every day from people who are struggling, who, you know, are depressed, have anxiety, trying to figure this life out, you know, trying to hit the gym, change the life in some way or another, uh, you know, suicidal thoughts, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so many of them expressed some kind of a, you know, want for something like this. And the stories were so personal that I wanted to make sure that I personally, at least for the, you know, the first portion of this, um, cause it's only been out like a month. I wanted to make sure that I touched every single one of those books and signed every single one and really, you know, gave my time to it because so many people are so kind in giving me their time and their trust. So will it eventually hit Amazon? Yeah, it will. It'll, it'll get out there a little more, but it was really important to me not to do that, to have just some random person picking it off a shelf. Would I have probably sold more copies out of the gate? Probably. Um, but it wasn't about that. It's never been about that. I wanted to make sure it was more personal. Okay, cool. Now, so I don't know if there's anything you're not, uh, is there stuff you're not trying to get out about like in the book or whatever? No, you can talk Um, about anything you want. Okay. So the thing is, so this is the book. And if you'll notice, I've got this little like uh, bookmark in here and I'm not all the way through the book because I don't think that this book really works like that. So this is kind of like a, a sleeve or a cover that's on the book. If you pop it off, it's it's to me like a motivational Bible, kind of what awesome. uh, what what I think that it is, and it's sort of set up that you could. You tell me if I'm wrong here. You could re- read through this whole book, but I think it's more of a thing that you you know. Um, it's to motivate you every day. Like what I do every day is I open it up and I, and I read a couple of pages until I feel like okay, you know, I'm I'm ready to go kick some ass. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. so that's kind of the way I've been approaching it. How did you think about it when you were setting it up? Uh, that's exactly it. I love that you picked up on the kind of like Bible vibe of it because originally we had talked about when we were getting ready to design it to, um, to, to call it something like, you know, like a subtitle because it's, it's called Shit That Needs Said, but the subtitle is So You Can Kick All The Ass. Mm-hmm. But originally we were going to do something kind of around a theme of like a Bible for badasses or – or the badass Bible, but we didn't want people to pick it up actually thinking it was a like a tweaked yeah. version of the Bible. And so, this is how you break necks. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So we, yeah. we still kept It's not that about that. It's not that kind of badass. It's not that kind no. of badass. Yeah. No. It's it's uh, it's about like living out loud and going out there and going after your dreams and not talking yourself out of it, right? Exactly. Talking yourself yeah. into it. Mm-hmm. And as it says uh, on the back, you know, no matter the, the hell or hardships you face, this book is there to help you kick that ass. And, and like you said, it's, it's exactly intended for kind of consumption in small doses, but making a really big impact. So, you know, if, you, if you're getting ready for a job interview, you got to go in for your first in person. I hope that you pull that out of your purse, or your console or your book bag and you flip to a page you give it a good read, you shut it, you think, you know what, I am, I'm going to go into this job interview and I'm going to just kick some ass. And then you go do that. That's what it's for. You know what I mean? It's exactly for, you know, like you said, getting up in the morning, pulling off the nightstand, having a good look and then getting your mindset for the day. Yeah. And the thing that I noticed, so, um, you know, I mean, we could just, we could just, uh, like pull out anywhere. I'll read, uh, I'll read one of the parts right there. I'm going to read this part. I I like the way this is kind of like, uh, I don't know, it's kind of like graffiti clip art, kind of uh, pulp fiction-y the way that you guys designed it. I I really like that. 
So uh, yeah, it says, thanks. so this little excerpt says, feed your brain only what you want it to believe and become the brave and courageous badass that lives inside of you. You are capable. Talk yourself up and build the life you want to live. You know, it's just things like that. Now, I know you do a lot of this. If folks follow you on Instagram, you're Joshua Coburn on Instagram. People want to follow you. You do this kind of thing on Instagram. But, you know, not every not everyone uses Instagram and we don't always want to be plugged into to what's going on out there. Right. Right. Absolutely. And and this that said, this was designed kind of with that consumable mindset as well, because we are a society of of either entertain me or educate me in short, you know, small doses, but they need to be impactful uh, or a cat video. Um, then, <laughs> then, you know, I assume that that's how people want to read as well. So, you know, I think if you're watching TV or, you know, you got to get up from, from your Netflix, you know, for a minute and you see it sitting on the counter, you can also flip it open while your popcorn's popping and look at it, read, you know, a paragraph or two or a page and then shut it, grab your popcorn, and, and hit your Netflix again or, or whatever. So that's exactly kind of my mindset is to make it consumable, similar to, to what we get on Instagram, on Facebook, and on the internet. You know, It's a toilet book, as uh, my friend Patrick said. You, know? yeah. you sit on the toilet, you read, you read for a few minutes, and then you throw it back on the back and you, you move on. You know? Yeah, I've been kind of reading it when I come in here to the studio. I come in here um, by myself usually every day, and I'm here you know, for the most part. Uh, on my own until Lola gets in. So when I come in in the morning, it's just quiet. Nothing's all turned on and I'm not editing. Yeah. I just sit down and, you know, kind of use it to get my, my mind focused. Um, Wicked digger shooting says, and lo, wait, hold on. And lo, the apostle Joshua says unto thee, when life gives you lemons, put those bitches in the blender and make murdered lemonade. <laughs> you probably know, you probably know Wicked, you, Wicked digger, digger shooting. Yeah. Is that uh, that's is yeah, that someone actually, you know? Okay. You and I, yeah, you and I both met him in Talladega, if uh, memory serves me. Okay, um, cool. Big okay. guy, beard. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, so yes, I remember now. Right, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I think it's that. I think it's that kind <laughs> of thing. Go ahead. It, well, does that mean mm -hmm. that now at my uh, speaking events that I have to like? I bring people up on stage almost always, but does that now mean that I have to touch their forehead and, and tell them that they're healed and, and then they got to shake and you know, somebody catches them? And, like, is that what I have to do now? I mean, is that what he's suggesting? I don't know. No, I suggest don't do that. Don't do that in this environment, Josh. <laughs> I would never. Yeah. Don't, you don't want to give any, um, any ammunition to those folks out there. By the way, there's a conversation going on in the chat about how tall everyone is. Oh, uh, that's hilarious. Yeah, so people are like, you know, I'm 5'11", I'm 6'1". Ghetto says he's 7'7". Seven, seven. Dang, that's some yeah, stuff. I want, I want some selfies. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, I'm that's, pretty that's sure that's he's it. not 7'7", seven, seven, but, you know. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't want to call anybody out, but what's hilarious is the thing that I get most when people meet me in person is, dang, I thought, you know, I thought you were a lot taller, you're a lot bigger on, on the internet, and I'm just like, it's it's the Roadhouse syndrome. You, you remember Roadhouse with uh, Patrick Swayze? Uh huh. Yes. Remember that movie? Yes, Everybody's I do. Like, Favorite movie. Oh, Dalton. Good movie. I thought, yeah, Dalton. I thought you'd be bigger. That's basically my whole <laughs> life. That's my whole life. Oh <laughs> uh, yes, I know. And uh, that that Napoleon syndrome thing—that's real. That's real. I know. 
Josh yeah. has that all over. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that is it. Maybe that's yeah. why I'm so... You totally have that. You totally have that. You, uh, I'm not... Listen, I love you, dude. <laughs> but you, first of all, you got to... No matter where you are, you have to climb up on furniture, Napoleon Collins. Oh, that is true. <laughs> I do that. Oh. You know, that yeah. guy who has to climb up on furniture and be taller than everyone... <laughs> You know, that guy who always wants people to somehow be looking at his junk or whatever because he climbed <laughs> up on the furniture. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't climb to... up on furniture because I don't want people looking at my junk. But see, you don't need to because you're tall enough that people can see you over other people. Uh, In my case, they, they okay. can't. They don't have to like stand right over me like this. And then uh, I'd be yeah, like... It's kind of tough. So, but see, then also, like, here's the thing I noticed the uh, short guys do, not picking on you. It's but cool. short guys like to stand like this a lot. Oh, the wide stance. Yeah, like what's up with that? That's not helping. I don't. I don't know if that's a that's a short guy thing. It's something that I automatically do. Like I, when I'm when I'm serious or concentrating on something, I always end up in a wide. Yeah, are you stance. getting ready for a sumo match? Why you know are you what? standing uh, like this all the time? Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Maybe I'm ready for a threat. You know, so that I can I can get to it if I need to. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. Ryan, uh, Ryan, whom you know, that another tall, very regular, uh, yet completely savage. There's nothing regular about Ryan. He's totally, there's something (laughs) really wrong with him. Not regular. (laughs) From from a visual standpoint, Uh, he he is regular. Beyond Uh, that, you are absolutely correct. But he always gives me crap for, for that wide stance, like constantly. So now, uh, anytime I reference wide stance via text, it's the the two slashes spaced apart, uh-huh. so that's how people know I'm serious via text. Oh, because you're slash. going into the stance. <laughs> I'm going into the wide stance, even though I'm on the other side of the phone. Like you know, shit's serious right now. Yeah, I see it all the time. Someone's asking that's how funny. tall I am. Uh, I'm five eleven. So there you go. Really? I, I was yeah. expecting more like a like a six one. Um, yeah, I see people saying that. Like I look like I'm six three or whatever. Um, I don't know. You listen, I don't you know what? I can't remember the the last time I actually um, measured how tall I am. I think it was when I was in high school and they're like, oh, you're five, you're five eleven. And I was like, OK, this is I'm going to be five eleven from now on. So right. I think that's I, I think that's pretty much where I'm at five eleven or whatever. Yeah, because uh, like at the DMV, they don't measure you. They just ask. Yeah, you can just say, what did you say at the DMV? Five, six. Oh, OK. But from now on, I'm going to say six, five. Yeah. <laughs> when they ask, I'm gonna say that. That'll actually probably get me arrested. I'll, I'll get stopped. Somebody will ask me for an ID. They'll be like, "You're not six five. I'll be like, "But it's my face. Like that's mine." So I, yeah, oh. just say you identify as six five, dude. Oh, that's it. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I identify as is mostly a giant. Yeah, it's well. I think when it comes to height, they say that uh, t- taller people always say that they're shorter, and shorter right. people always say that t- like Lola says she's five two. So that's that's how I know she's nowhere near. <laughs> she's always telling you're gonna people be in she, trouble. She's five. No, this is a thing, man. She's she's not five two, <laughs> but she's always telling people, "Oh, I'm five two. Not even with heels on, but whatever. So <laughs> now I'm I'm like straight up five six. If I wear my sweet work boots, that puts me at like a five seven and a half, maybe. So, uh-huh. but I'm yeah, you know. I'm in yeah. my flat vans usually, so that I'm five six. Yeah, people say it's the the uh, so, so people are saying out there that my mohawk. I do not estimate my mohawk into my height. 
whatsoever. Uh, but maybe but I, that I, does I, make me look taller. I don't know. Yeah, it's possible. I, definitely. You're, yeah. you're an easy 6'1 with that mohawk, man. Yeah, easy. Are you going to let that grow like more? Like it's longer um, than usual right now and I'm digging it. Uh, yeah, it's actually been longer than this. And then my barber cut it down. Oh, man. So, and then it's growing back up. Yeah. I, I you know, it goes, it fluctuates. Yeah. On my mood, well, my, if, you know. If, if that thing like eclipses like three inches, you won't be Hank Strange to me. You'll be Punk Rock Hank after that. Oh, like, yeah. That's, okay. That's when you become that. I'll have to get you like one of those battle vests like I wear, like, you know, the vest with like the patches yeah. on it. Uh-huh. Like, I'll bestow one upon you after you. Uh, okay. When you become punk rock Hank, it's got to happen. Well, this is because I can't grow a beard. So all the tactical bearded dudes out there, I'm jealous of you guys. All you <laughs> mofos that can actually grow a beard. I don't, and it's weird, man. It's like my, you know, genetics is a crazy thing. Uh, my brother, beard. You can get like big, really? massive. Be- yeah. Yeah. Wow. Me, no beard. Uh, I have a tough time girl. I don't have any kind of like, I mean, this is like probably TMI, but I don't really have like any kind of body here, which is a weird thing. <laughs> really? No, you, no chest hair or anything? No, no. I think it's just, t- it just depends on what side of the genetics that you get it from. My mom's Indian uh, and there's hairy Indians out there, I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right on. But, but I guess like I got the my flat acidness from my mother and, oh. and, uh, you know, no hair from from her as well, but it's it's like a weird thing that my my uh, older brother and we're the same mom and same dad. He's like all he's hairy, man. You know, That's craziness. He's like he's like a beast. And my and my two sons are like that. One is got no kind of hair, and then the other one is hairy like a mofo. He came out. <laughs> he came out with hair. That's crazy. I I have to do do uh, do. Proper uh, manscaping, I guess, would be a, a proper term. Like being a fit, tattooed guy, I have to like. I'm I'm always shaving my arms, and my chest, but like the beard stays. Like the head goes. Like can't have the back hair. All that's got to go. So okay, you know, you're lucky. You don't have to do any of that. I guess I don't have to do any of that. But yeah, I feel the like grass is always greener on the other side. I'm trying to grow a right. beard. Though. You right. Know. You should. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter. It'll come in. Just let it be what it is, man. Dude, I've been doing this for years. <laughs> what, where are you at? Are you like? This is where I'm at right, right now. now. Do you can, can you see my beard or not? I, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> this is where I'm at. This is the, well, This is like it, and all I'm getting is like some little gray hairs popping in everywhere. You know, I but you. I, I it, it is what shaved, it is. I actually shaved yesterday afternoon. The whole thing, and it just grew right back. So, oh yeah, I believe yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, shout out to Spencer Smith. He says he's from England. Um, so there you go. Listen, that's the whole that's the the whole thing about genetics. You know, it's kind of it's like a lottery. It's a genetic lottery. And I'm always telling people that we're not we're not the same. Like the idea that we're the same is crazy. I think that we should all have the same rights and we should be treated the same by our government and under the law. But we're not the same. We have all these things that are different. Some of them, you know, cool. Some of them might not be so cool. Depends on perspective. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I, I certainly agree, which comes down to the fact like you're great at some things genetically that you're just going to be predisposed to be able to do better than I am. That's great. But it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where like I, I need you in my life so I can learn certain things so we can do certain things together so we can, you know, the whole high tide raises all ships thing. Like that's mm-hmm. what we need each other for, which actually I'm going to maybe go down a rabbit hole here, but um, mm-hmm. 
when I was in Mexico, it made me realize a couple of things that are that I've seen are sort of forgotten. And that's a sense of community in the United States because we don't need one another anymore. Like you can go to the grocery store and get your food. You don't have to worry about, you know, Mike Smith who's out harvesting. Like you don't have to go help him during harvest because he's not the only person harvesting, you know, and Mm -hmm. you know, you don't need, you know, Emilio down the street and the, you know, who fixes cars. Like he might be a drunk, but you know, you help him out anyway because he's the only mechanic you have. And mm-hmm. like when I was in Mexico, those dirt road villages, man, everybody was helping everybody. It didn't matter, you know, if you were five years old or 85, if you're out there, you're fixing the street together, you're moving trash together, you're helping each other do everything. And what's insane is I saw more smiles there than I see on the streets of America every friggin' day. It was insane. Kids playing with rocks in the dirt, they didn't have shit. And they were stoked about playing with rocks in the dirt. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? They needed one another. They had to rise together, and it was awesome to watch. And that's what I try to always do here, but to to really see it in action, man. I think back to when, you know, my grandparents were here. Like, Interstate 80 runs right by where I live. And before that was there, they were living in that small town. And it was Mm -hmm. dirt roads all around there. And they needed one another in that town because they weren't going to Des Moines or wherever to get groceries. That was all self-contained. They needed each other. Yeah, someone someone had to do the difference. Look, I think it's true that um, so technically we don't really need each other, right? But we still actually do need each other. Right, exactly. I I think we do. I think that um, like technology might have changed and what we have and, and the amount of wealth. I mean, America is a wealthy place, even though some people are trying to make people feel like it's not. Just look at the, what the, the, the Dow, I mean, I remember what if we go back to um, I remember when it was Dow 10,000, we're over, we're like Dow 20 something thousand at this point, you know, so we've, we've got the wealth and we have all the things, but we still actually the most important thing to us, I think, as human beings is actually interaction. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. And I, and that's what builds us up. It's also granted what tears us down. And, you know, we're just genetically, primally, we're built to work together to create community. And the farther away from that that we get, the more kind of treacherous roads I feel like we're going to have to travel. And I'm not saying it's not possible to do. We can evolve into that. We can adjust into that. We can do whatever we need to do. But I feel like it's going to be a hard road to, to, to make those adjustments, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because, I mean, it is already. We're seeing it. I think so. I think so. I think it's what's making it people making it so easy for people to let go of everything. If we if we look at all the things that's happening in the world, I'm not trying to get specific into anything. I don't know if the people out there that are watching or listening to us want to do that. But I think that um, a lot of stuff that you see happening, right, like what's happening right now in the news where um, with with the whole thing with um, uh, Kavanaugh and the Supreme Court and Democrats lining up over here, Republicans lining up over here, and people are forgetting that, you know, there's so many things going wrong here, so many ways that we're treating each other that are wrong, that, you know, what happens later on when we find out like this stuff was not real, you know, is someone gonna come and apologize or reverse things or go backwards on all these things that are being said, on either side, you know, what's going to happen here and why are we doing that? And then we're forgetting 
that there's there's like this there's this issue that's not a small issue it's definitely an issue but it's completely separate from why we need people to sit on the supreme court right you know right. the, the the reason why we need people to sit on the supreme court because it's the system that we set up and these people have to oversee that freedom right when it comes to the law because we've just engineered our society in a way where we have all these laws and we've just totally thrown all of that out you know and people are like attacking each other people that were friends and grew up together and did all these kinds of things it's like screw that i'm going to you know, I'm going to do whatever it takes to pull you down. A better way for me to describe what I'm trying to say to you is I saw that there's a guy, I believe he's running um, from Arizona. He's like a senator and um, and his siblings, I think five or six of his siblings actually made a commercial against him. So he's a Republican and I guess his siblings are not. They're Democrats and they made a commercial for the Democrats. Wow. Who has no chance? Their their brother has a 99% chance of winning, yet they made a commercial attacking their own brother. Wow. And That's I'm thinking, crazy. like, how the hell do we wind up in a society where people are doing that? And they're just right. forgetting that we're human beings. We've got to live with each other. We have to move forward. No matter what happens, at some point, we're going to reach this impasse and that, like, where no one's really going to win. If we If we wind up in an America where people say, you know what? Let's say the worst thing to us, instead of being like thinking about this in a positive light from us, let's say that people actually go out there tomorrow and get their way and they control Congress and they control the White House and they say, that's it. We're taking the guns. This is not America is not Australia. Right. That's true. And, and the results of that or any other massive shift will be devastating because, again, you know, I think number one, we we often forget when we're bickering on our Facebooks and Instagrams and other ridiculous places that uh, we're on the same team here. You know, we're supposed to have the same goals, but we've lost sight of that, like you had said. And it it, it absolutely blows my mind to think that if you know maybe the coats, because I'm a Midwest guy, but I travel a lot, so I see what's happening on the coats. I see how people look at things. And how all-consuming those pockets are in those cities and in Chicago and you know the, these places, and it blows my mind that people there assume that the rest of the country is like that because they haven't traveled and seen it. Right. But also, that said, being from the Midwest, I see people here thinking that the rest of the country is like the Midwest because they haven't traveled and seen it. So yeah. their mindsets are based on, and their opinions are based solely on what's best for their life, not what's best for the country, which is what we're, we're busy debating about when in reality it's tough for people to step back and say, okay, well, if we're to ban guns, if we're to do all these other things, what does that mean for these cities? Maybe something, that stuff's not going to change much for the cities. But I'll tell you, in the Midwest, that's going to be uh, – there's going to be some uproar. And there's a lot of people in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that's going to be ugly. But then again, you know, if, if the Midwest wants to take a super conservative view and impose that nationwide upon these liberal cities, that's all – we see it it also gets very ugly very fast. And at the end of the day, we have to think, you know, what's best for the country, not what's best for 
my life today. You know, and mm-hmm. that's that's what I think a lot of people get sucked up in is, well, that that affects me in this way and that's hurtful. Well, you know what? We if we're gonna do this as a country, if we're gonna make decisions as a country, either shut up and vote, you know, let let your voice be heard there and shut your mouth everywhere else and we all be better off. Or mm-hmm. second of all, focus on a very high level of what is best and we all give a little, we all take a little, and we all kind of make concessions that we need to make so we can, you know, all rise together with the tide. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, that's just not, in general, the goal, unfortunately, which is disheartening in many ways. I think, you know, look, if you, if you, I think absolutely everyone sees the world from their point of view, and then they assume that everything is the way that they see it. And it's always been like that. I know I grew up in New York city, you know, people in New York think that is the world, that civilization in New York. And it's drastically different from LA, Mm -hmm. you know, just like you're saying. And, and I think it goes back to what you were saying before that we do all need each other, you know? And I think ultimately we're, you know, if you separate all the States into just the States, the States on their own, You know, I'm sure that lots of people think that America, you know, like if the states were separated, all these states can go off on their own and do their own thing. I don't really think so. I think if you separate it, then you don't have America anymore. You know, there's times when New York City needs the rest of the world. I could tell you one of them that I lived through (laughs) 9-11. Right. You know, if New York City had to go up against the world on its own and what happened in 9-11, Well, it wouldn't even it would not even exist anymore. You know, it needed the rest of the country. And that was a time that we could probably remember where everyone got together and it's like, oh, we're one country. These people attacked us, even though they did it in New York City. You know, it it happened everywhere. We can go back to Hawaii, you know, um, during Pearl Harbor. There's things like this where we can see like, oh, there could be a moment when we actually all need each other. But in everyday life outside of all those things. We always need each other. We just don't Indeed. realize it. Right. Absolutely. And, and what's really interesting to me is we even do that on the daily without, again, like you've traveled, you've traveled internationally and traveled enough. You run into people and they're like, oh, where are you from? And in my case, I'm like, oh, from Iowa. They're like, no shit. You're from Iowa? And it's like, I'm from Iowa. But if you're in, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But if you're in, you know, London and you know, you're like, oh, no, I'm, I'm American. I'm, I'm from the U.S. And like, oh, my gosh, I'm from the U.S. as well. Suddenly, just that alone bonds you. You're not talking about your differences. You're talking about your similarities. So automatically, that brings us together. We just got to remember that that's the friggin' case because, yeah, going back to it, I mean, if, if you're talking local, you're going into grocery stores every day. And if you know that, you know, <laughs> Tommy – the, the freshly graduated senior who's, you know, screaming and yelling on Facebook about his political views is sacking your groceries. Is that hurting business for, you know, Steve that owns the place in this small town? It could be because, you know, somebody might be like, you know, I'm not going to shop there. But at the end of the day, you need somebody to sack your groceries and hang out and carry some stuff out for you because that's what's always been done here. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, how do we how do we handle that? Do, you know, what are the long term effects of that? It's fundamentally changing even our small towns. So, I mean, we do need each other. And it does come down to the fact that, you know, maybe maybe I will just instead of talking on social media, maybe I'll just shut my mouth, encourage people with our similarities and continue about our lives so we can 
work together in the grocery store or wherever else, you know, it makes a difference. I think, I think the thing is that everyone's missing. And I think, um, I think most people actually, most people in America, um, believe in these core things. I think what's happening is that first of all, we've got like a two party system in America, right? So you've got politicians on both sides and then they have special interest people that they talk to. Right. You know, um, mo- what's happening is most of the people who can legally vote in America are not voting. So the so the politicians are talking to the special interests. That's right. who's going out there and actually voting. And this is the system that we have. And these people are manipulating the system. And so you have these kind of things that are bouncing off of each other instead of people remembering the core of of what this is all about. Most people out there just want to have some place to live in peace. They want to be able to raise their families. You know, they want to have a way in order to raise their family and and have the things that they want in life. And they just want to go about their thing. Even those people get manipulated by everyone bouncing these things around. Um, I think most of us understand that certain things just should should not be changed. Right. You know, I, I agree. I think everything you said is absolutely spot on. If I could add one more layer to that. The media certainly has a lot to do with it. You know, there's a lot of what's reported on either side or just in general isn't exactly positive and it's always slanted. And if that's the only place that people go for their facts, then, you know, everything's off base. Nobody can make an accurate decision. They can just make a decision based on what they know. And that certainly doesn't make for easy decision making at all. No, I think you get people to do that out of fear. Every time you push people with fear and then there's certain things, there's just certain things right now in America that we always didn't focus on. Right. So I think, for example, I'm not saying that we never focused on guns, right? Because there's been like a slow, progressive grabbing of the guns in America. But I think all of a sudden we're massively focusing on guns because people are saying this is the cause of all the problems. Right. And And, there's always a scapegoat, always. Yeah. Well, you know, if that was anywhere near to being the truth, we would be living in a completely different world. It's what like when you talk about going to other countries, when you go there, what do people think about America? So I remember when um, I remember living in England and then coming to America and growing up here and then going back to England. Everyone in England thought that if I lived in America, I was like a gangster. I had all these guns, you know, the shootouts every day. Um, you're living in New York City, must be shootouts every day. Now, listen, I was in New York City in the crack 80s, so that I saw stuff, right? But it's not what people believe. People on the outside believe it's like that. Right. You know, people but, in the Midwest believe New York's like that still. Yeah. And, and so there, there may and there's people in America who are looking at the news and they think like this is this is the this is this crazy world that we're living in. And we're going to solve it if we take these things away from people. Well, right. isn't that how we wound up with prohibition? Mm-hmm. It okay. is. Exactly. It didn't do anything. It just made people drink more. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it just made people go after those things more. And today we're living in a world where it's like, hey, this, you know, now we're over that. And there's we're, we're not mad about that anymore. And that's not a restricted thing. Right. Uh, people, you know, maybe drugs are restricted right now in America. I personally don't even think they should be. And then we've got like actual legal prescriptions that people take a pill and lose their freaking mind. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's very interesting to me. I, I generally side with you like. 
Man, I, I, I'm, I'm again, I'm about freedom. I'm about, you know, responsibility, taking responsibility for your life, which, you know, unfortunately, uh, many don't believe that we should and that other people should tell us what we need to believe and how we need to believe it. Uh, but man, I really struggle with that. And to your point, when it comes to things like drugs and, and big pharma and all that, I mean, I was just texting back and forth before we jumped on here with a friend of mine about that. And it's, it's interesting how full circle all that comes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's mentally just mind boggling. I can't, can't even process it. Sorry. I kind of took that on a bit of no, a No. So do, so what, well, just what that insane. makes me think about is, um, what, like, are, do you believe in that stuff? Do you take uh, medications to, we're talking about motivation and stuff like yeah. that, yeah. right? When I, we talk about your book, do you partake in, um, in, in the pharma world to deal with stuff? I don't at all. Uh, I never have. And I'm not, you know, saying that people shouldn't, if that's what they believe, uh, makes them happy and what, you know, what, uh, works for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not saying it's, you know, I can't paint with a broad brush and be like, no big pharma, you know, no medications because that we, we all know that that doesn't work. But I will say that in many, uh, instances with the individuals that I work with on a one-to-one basis, the ones suffering from depression and anxiety and things like this, who are on medication, almost always, and, and this isn't me talking, this is what they say back after we've kind of been through the processes, they'll be like, look, I guess I was just you know, using it as a Band-Aid because that didn't solve anything. That just made me feel a little better about it. But also it screwed up my liver or, you know, whatever other thing that it jacks up. And right. it's, it's really interesting because if you attack kind of the root cause of the issue, well, of course, that starts to, you know, mend the problem and mend that kind of open seeping wound. And there's less of a need for that. But of course, that doesn't make, you know, investors in big pharma money. So they don't focus on the solution. They focus mm-hmm. on you know, providing, uh, some sort of a bandaid for it so they can continue to make money. Which yeah. Makes it's, sense. It's, I get it, but, um, yeah, I think, yes, it makes, makes money sense, but it's totally, money sense. yeah, it's totally crazy to me to think that we think we have all these problems and we're like, you know what, let's get rid of these guns. There's lots of guns in the world. Guns are one of some of the most simplest things in the world, right? We have lots of tools, implements that, um, can, can defend us and at the same time um, attack people or take people's lives. Lots of things. Guns are actually really simple. So we can't get rid of that. And there's so many of them. Like I was looking at a statistic um, that was talking about how how many guns have been stolen and all that. I think we just recently had like uh, these guys stole 400 guns from a UPS. (laughs) Wow. Holy Um, crap. Yeah. And I think they found those guns uh, in Chicago or something like that. But there's a lot of guns that get stolen, right? Lots right, of stories sure. floating around out there right now about guns. The ATF is looking into all that kind of stuff. But so we have that thing and we think that's the problem. But there's whatever number there is there, there's way more people that every single thing that happens to them, they give them a pill for it. Right. 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 And and I think that that is the problem that we're facing with with my kids. They're boys. And they're rambunctious and stuff like that. Took them to the doctor. They didn't do anything wrong. There was no complaints about them. Lola and I didn't say, oh, we don't know what's wrong with these kids. They're bouncing all over the walls. None, none of that. Doctor was like, right. oh, you know, you should put them on this Ritalin thing. When, right. <laughs> when something is that easily pushed at kids, 
right. you know, and you have so many people like, oh, I'm a little, you know, my life is tough. I need a pill that helps me forget that my life is tough. How many people are really floating around out there with way, way more dangerous things than we're thinking that, uh, you know, something like this, this piece of metal, we're thinking this is the most dangerous thing in the world. How right. dangerous are these things that people are taking that we have no freaking clue what interaction it has on people? Right. Or, or who's taking it. Yeah. Like what are the side effects and all this stuff, you know? I mean, it's, it's certainly, uh, it's certainly to me, very interesting to see how it works in America. But if you go to other countries, you don't see big pharma that way. They can't advertise like even growing up. I mean, you may, may remember too, like growing up, you didn't see commercials for, you know, Cialis on television. You never saw that. You never saw here's a solution for all these symptoms that you may or may not have. Well, when you see headache or occasional nausea or something on there, immediately you're like, oh, well, that could be me. I should ask this. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's mind-blowing to me that that's how we're kind of selling it. I mean, these were to treat things as far as I was ever aware. And you know, the, the medical community is there to help, not harm. But this, it seems by and large, is not helping, but instead harming. And it's, yeah. it comes back to, again, money. What's the reason if you go to uh, other countries, they're not promoting it on television? Like, yeah, I don't know that answer. I, I can assume. But why is it regulated there and it's not here? Among many other things, again, I'm not saying that, you know, because going back to firearms, obviously you go to a different country and those are regulated. Yeah, you know, there's I a think lot it, of sides to this. I think it is regulated. Let me just take a quick break. Forge from Freedom gave us 999 to say hello to Josh. Oh, so yeah. I just wanted to make What's sure. Up? Thanks. Thanks to Forge from Freedom. Sam, I think I believe you met him. You uh, uh, met Sam yeah, from Fortune so. Freedom at the Cigars and Guns event that you guys did yeah. in uh, Dallas. Uh, well, let me say this. I think that it is regulated. I think that, yes, I think you're right. When we were growing up, you didn't there, there were people um, there were people self-medicating in lots of different ways, lots of <laughs> right. drugs and things like that going on right. out there. I think a lot of the medications we have now back then they were experimenting on it. So in those times and before that time, they were doing like shock therapy. <laughs> you you know, have a point. They were even they were even putting like ice picks in people's brains and doing all kinds of craziness, you right. know, in, in order to deal with people. But I think they were experimenting and developing those things. Right. And then even so. They, they, right. I mean, just, you never saw it promoted, even things, you know, just like the general cough syrup stuff. You never saw that on television like i don't remember nyquil commercials even back in the day i mean maybe yeah. well maybe no I'm because you, maybe i completely well, i think the whole it, i think the whole healthcare system was different i think yeah, when true. you had i think i think what happened is that before so first of all it depends on how you grew up but i know i grew up with my parents they believed in homeopathy right so in other words something was wrong with you <laughs> one <laughs> the first method for my parents walk it off Right. Yeah. Okay. It or, yeah. Or work it off. <laughs> like, you know, like you are you bored here? Let me give you some work to do. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> Go do this thing or what? Oh, you fell down and it hurts. Deal with it. 
you know, right. and, and then if it was like really something going on, it was like chicken soup or, you know, there were there were remedies like you were talking about Cialis or Viagra. There's all uh-huh. there was natural remedies that people had for things. Right. right. You know, you do this thing or that thing. I think that's what was going on uh, when we were growing up. But then and, and so going to the doctor was not a thing that you did often. Like right. everything, little thing that happened to you, you didn't get up and go to the doctor. You know, like a, a literally your arm had to be hanging off your body. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah, let's go. Let's go check out the doctor because they didn't want to do that. Now right. we're living in a world where everything that happens, you go to the doctor, you go sit in the emergency room, you go to the doctor and you do Urgent all these care. things. Yeah, I think it's more institutionalized. And they've also figured out how to uh, whether it's expensive or cheap, I don't even think matters. They've just figured out a way to get these things to more people. And it's easier. Maybe we can argue. We can argue. I think there's people that argue that um, maybe 20 years ago when you saw like cocaine crack, you know, all those kinds of things that were flooding into America. You know, there's people that say, oh, that, you know, the government did that and they're allowing these things to come in. And we know that that's not that's not all lies. That's not all conspiracy. Right. And today we're living in a world where it's way easier, man. It's in pills. Absolutely. We manufacture it. It's easy to 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 give out there. I think we're going to get to the point where you can walk up to vending machines and put in some kind of prescription card and it's going to pop out these things to you. And I think at some point it's even going to get to a point where they give you like a suicide pill. Wow. You think so? I think so. I believe it because you can't you can't just keep people going like this forever and ever. We can't. Ultimately, there has to be some, you know, someone has to pay for things. So, right. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. I think this is just the evolution and the direction that we're heading in. And, um, you know, I think that it's making people it's, it's to me like the zombification. I think if right. you really um, if you really go back, if you or if you took someone back in 1980, even right. And they left this planet and then they came back today, you know, 30 something years later to this planet and they looked at what's happening with people, they would really feel like people are zombies. Right. Yeah. Well, do you, let, let me pose this question. Do you believe that part of like the, 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 the big pharma, maybe the phones, maybe, you know, whatever is, especially when it comes to medications, but do you believe that that is taking away responsibility from people? Oh, I'm this, so that. Does that make sense? Or like, okay. you know, oh, mm-hmm. you know, I have this issue, so issue me this thing. Like, right, so and I then it magically goes away. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And, and because uh, in, in my experience, it, it appears that, you know, not everybody who's on medication, of course, but, you know, I, I definitely see that. I see people do that and then say, I don't want to deal with it, so I do this. Yeah. I'm just like, whoa, that's interesting. What are your thoughts on that? Um, Here I am okay. interviewing you. <laughs> no, that's cool. That's what we're supposed to be having a conversation. And and related to that, Len Holt says, well, I guess pharma is a business. You're saying to limit, question mark, question mark. Sounds familiar. I'm not saying that. My, I'm not saying to limit anything. I don't believe in limitations. <laughs> what I'm saying right. is that everything is supposed to be a balance. You know, we're supposed to live our lives as human beings in balance. We're supposed to be able to make these choices. Now, obviously, some people are, are going to make a, some people have addictive personalities. I know I do. I know that for a fact. Same. I have. 
you know, I know I have an addictive personality. People always ask me like, how come you don't, um, how come you don't drink? How come you don't smoke? You don't do this thing. Cause I know I have an addictive personality and I'm a deliberate person and I try to balance things. I'm not perfect at that, but I believe that that's what it is. We need to have some kind of a thing. Um, I go through this all the time with Lola for anyone who Lola makes money from the pharma industry. She is right. a pharmacist. If I have a headache, She's like, okay, do you want to take this thing? I'm like, hell no, I don't want to take it. <laughs> Back up off me. You know what I mean? I try, I try to balance it out myself, and I believe that's what people should do. I believe that's the solution to lots of things, just like guns. You don't need to tell me how many guns I can have, how much ammo I can have. I can have this thing or I can have that thing. You know, I'm supposed to be a human being that's supposed to understand that. And for the most part, that's what's going on. If, if, right. if just the fact of people having guns made them – um, made everyone dangerous and made us destructive, man, it will be everyday war. You would right. not be able to sit there quietly. I would not be able to sit here quietly. It would be it would be anarchy. Right. But we don't have that. So I think it's the same thing with a lot of these things. I think, however, what's happening is that there's there's um, there's things acting on people and pushing people in a direction where they do what you say. Every single thing that happens to them they say there's got to be a pill for this. Right. Can I just take a pill and have this go away? This is what right. we want. Oh, you're fat? Instead of dieting or exercising, can I just take a pill? You know, can you just do a surgery to me? And that fixes everything. Right. You know, you know it, it comes down to that work harder or work smarter, not harder. I get the want for all that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I get even even the need for that, because if we as a society, as a species can make things easier for ourselves, it makes sense. But at the same time, there's no substitute to your point for hard work and going back even a little bit farther to your talk kind of on free will and responsibility. Like we are a self-regulating, you know, species. We all, all species are. We do that. And, you know, if there's extremes on any side we tend to balance it out because of your point earlier no matter what country we're in no matter where we're at on this planet all we want warm place to sleep family protected food in our belly nothing else so you know limiting not limiting you know we we can regulate ourselves we do that we're, yeah. you know, we're doing it well, all over the world right now. Because there are no there are no limits to those other things. Like, I think I, I agree with you. We need the basics and then we just we need each other. But this is the thing we're kind of like trying to deny. Yes. You agreed. know, we need each other. Like I, I can have this conversation with you. A lot of times I'll give you an example here. Um, a lot of times I'm spending the whole day. I'm sure you are, man. I know how you are. You're a busy guy. You're running around doing a whole bunch of things. But I've noticed I can be busy. And when it comes time to doing this, man, I am beat down. <laughs> Before I hit yeah. that button and start this thing, I am beat down. I'm like, man, I, don't even, I should cancel this thing tonight. But once I do it, once I start talking to you, once I see the folks out there and they're interacting and we're having a conversation and it's not perfect either. People aren't telling I'm, I'm looking at the chat. People aren't telling me how awesome I am. And how right I am. There's people questioning me 
right. uh, counter arguing with me and stuff like that. We're not necessarily fighting or anything, but we're having that flow. Once that mm-hmm. happens, it gets me charged up. This is what we were meant to do as human beings. We used to sit around the fire and have these kinds of conversations and we were able to thrive off of that. I could tell you that if you think there's a pill that's going to solve your problem, that one pill won't do it. You're going to need more pills and more pills. And then you're going to need pills for what the pills did to you to counteract what they did. You know, and it's going to go on and on and on. There's no technology. There's no nothing that's going to give us the basics, you know, regardless right. of what you believe, we are complicated as human beings. And and this system that we have cannot be solved by like technology or pills, you know, or anything like that. There's, there's, when it comes to those kinds of things, there's never going to be enough. It's just like money. There's not enough right. money. Right. I know there's yeah, people I'm, out there. Who say that. <laughs> Go ahead. For sure. No, I, I agree. If, if we're not here to help one another up, if we're going to rely on technology or a medicine or something else, then at the end of the day, we're going to fail. We need one another to kind of make our lives the most successful and positive and good that they can be. Without that, we got nothing really. You know, We need that community. That's what we're built on. Like you said, sitting around a, a fire, even today, like when people are like, oh man, you know, I put my phone down and go hiking in the woods for a week. And they're like, oh, I came back so refreshed. Well, mm-hmm. why is that? It's because we're built to worry about where we're sleeping tonight, what food we're foraging for, and what kind of community interaction we're going to have, and how are we going to further the species so we can continue to be here. That's the most basic. Yeah. We dilute it with car payments, house payments, all this other shit we don't need, which stresses us out. And now I'm a ball of anxiety because I got to get to work and I'm in debt and my mom's sick and I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. And I'm carrying all this shit and oh my God, it's never going to work. Yeah. But you know what? If we didn't have to worry about a car payment or a house payment or all this other bullshit and your mom was sick, you and your community would gather around and take care of that. That's Mm -hmm. how it used to be. And, you know, I'm not not saying it can't ever be that way again, or there's not a version of version of that coming or whatever, I'm just saying the reason we're here is because of all these things that we don't need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I believe that. And and um, I remember having this conversation with my older son. You know, he's in co- both of my kids are in college now. Um, and my, my older son kind of goes to like uh, a party school. Sure. You know? And um, and so he was saying to me, you know, he's like we were having we were talking about what the other kids do and all that. And he was like, why? You know, why is it that these that, like my friends feel like they need to drink all the time? They've got to take drugs all the time. They have to. And they do it to the point that like they throw up, they get sick. They've got to call an ambulance and all this kind of stuff for them. And I said, you, you know what I think it is from my point of view, seeing like growing up, my dad. Um, did a lot of those things. And, uh, you know, as a kid, just observing what was happening. I think that we we need pressure, but we we don't want that. So what happens is we want our lives to be even all the time. So we always want it. We want it to like be even going up evenly. And there's no like instead of going like this ups and downs, we want our life to just go like this. And that's your life was not meant to be like that. You know, when when you face that pressure, when um, all let's say, for example, something horrible happens. Right. 
you know, um, let's let me think of something. You get into a car accident. You're driving along. Everything is great. You get into a bam, something hits you and that car is wrecked. But you survived <laughs> right before that. You all the things you were just talking about was your problem. Right. Right. You know, oh, yeah. man, I don't have enough money. I can't do this thing. You know, this guy hates me. Right. You know, you go all of that. Now you just have this massive accident and you got out of that car and you're looking at this car crumpled up and you're like, oh, shit. Right. You know, ups and downs. That makes you appreciate for a moment. You're like, wow, I just walked away from this thing, you know, right. or when you're under. Yeah, exactly. When you're under massive pressure, you know, if you if you're having it easy and you're used to like eating three meals a day and doing this thing, doing that thing. But now all of a sudden you have to be out there and for a couple of days you're running and you're not stopping that much. You don't have time to eat. You're on, you know, you're under all this kinds of pressure. Something's going on, some kind of emergency situation and you're working on it. That moment when you could stop and relax, you don't need like a fine wine or an expensive steak. Right. right? Cause you're happy to have a sandwich. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It, yeah. it makes a hell of a difference. I'll tell you what, like, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's it. You know, the, the people who come into the greatest successes often have had the largest trials and the biggest hurdles to overcome. Why mm-hmm. is that? Cause they're not taking shit. They know they can get over the worst. So anything beyond that is, the, is better is, is the best is, is easy. You know, and it's and they're driven because they don't have a choice but to be driven. Maybe they I mean, I have a friend who lost a leg and, uh, you know, dude's a model who's out there. He's killing it every day, being awesome, you know, fit, looking good, you know, doing all these great things. And I'm just like. But there's another dude who lost a leg and is still at home, never went to rehab, is sulking, is drinking, is hating his life. And it's like they were dealt the same hand. They just played it different. Mm-hmm. And that's what blows my mind because, you know, those trials, one dude turned that into a great thing. It, you know, it, it changed his life, brought a better career, you know, all kinds of stuff. The other dude, it, it took a further downturn. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, I mean, and, and that kind of taking this full circle, going back to like the book and stuff, like I wouldn't even have that. I wouldn't have the life that I have now if it weren't for the worst times of my life, those gave me everything I have today. And I don't think a lot of people understand that. If you're living like this, like you had said, then what do you have? You don't have extreme happiness. You don't have sadness. You just have existence. Yeah. You don't know how to appreciate, you don't, you, you don't have, you don't have a point of reference. You don't have a landmark that uh, points to you, you know, you should appreciate this thing. When you, I know like with Lola and I, when we look back when we first met each other 20 something years ago and we didn't have shit. (laughs) Right. And and we thought our life was terrible in that moment because, you know, it was, we were like just living paycheck to paycheck and hustling. I think like, how the hell are we going to do this? And then today when we look back on that, I'm like, man, I wish I could go back and have those bills. (laughs) Right. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. I wish those were my bills right now because I can handle that, you yeah. know, but this is this is how we are. That's why I don't think that there ever will. There's no such thing as enough for us. And that's why we can't um, rely on those kinds of things. By the way, Tactical Toolbox says Josh is looking sexy. That beard, <laughs> though. Mr. Jonathan. God, I miss that guy. I can't <laughs> wait to see him. What he's a, a good wonderful dude. dude. Absolutely. Yeah, he's a Absolutely. good dude. Uh, I think the last time I saw him was in Vegas, probably the last time you saw him. 
Yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll be seeing him soon. I'm stoked about that. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. uh, something really funny that, that I would encourage you to ask him about and, and anyone else listening uh, who checks out his YouTube channel, the dude is ultimately a smooth genius with the ladies. He gave me all the best <laughs> advice. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's smooth. You got to look out for him. You got to look out for him. So, so listen, on the subject of what you just said, I mean, I think, you know, maybe to, to, um, you know, to, to have this kind of conversation, um, Lola was asking me to, to ask you to tell us about some of the lives and stuff like that. Your message has changed. And I would add something to that before you tell us that. Sure. I would like to know, like, what what was it that you were going through? Because if we look at Josh right now, I'm going to lock it on you. You know, we're seeing this buff dude, you know, uh, badass beard and tats and everything like that. Was that always you? Were you always that? Paint us a, a picture of what you were before. Uh, no, I was a low self-worth, small no confidence, couldn't even leave my apartment because I was terrified of what lies beyond due to anxiety and depression and BS that, you know, I believe from people. And ultimately over the course of many, many years worked to turn that around because what I just, if I'm being completely straight, uh, one day I decided that I was tired of living that shitty life and decided I was going to end my life. And before that happened, um, I kind of had this revelation that, holy shit, I'm about to take full responsibility for ending my life. But I'd never taken full responsibility for living it. Mm -hmm. Maybe I should quit with this. Nobody loves me. Everybody thinks I'm ugly. I'm this unsuccessful small town kid that has big dreams that nobody believes in. What if I started working for that shit instead, instead of just sulking in that world? So that's the biggest difference was, was the mental shift. Like, shit, I need to take responsibility for the best things and the worst things in my life. And I need to change my mindset and I need to start kicking all the ass, as, as I tend to say, because right. it, you have to. There's no other fucking way to do it. So what was it? I mean, like... I, you know, and I'm not trying to get you back in that state of mind. What I'm trying to sure. find out, because I think to me, it's desperation that gets people to that point. You know, I think yeah. there's things that happen and you just get to this desperate moment in your life where you would do things that you would never otherwise do. So Agreed. what were you in that state of mind? And what was it that like pushed down your personality so much that you got to that desperate state? Um, or do you, I mean, do you feel like it was your personality being pushed down or that's who you really were? Um, I, I think it's a lot, it was a lot of things. Um, uh, yeah, it was my personality being pushed down. It was kind of society telling me you can't live this way when growing up. What's the first thing that people ask you when you're young, well, what do you want to be when you grow up or, you mm-hmm. know, and, and it's just like, I want to be an astronaut. Well, by the time you're a freshman in high school, they're like, well, I mean, let's be realistic, dude. And yeah. it's like, wait, no, fuck yeah. off. Like you asked me that, that's what I want to do. Now they're putting limits on you. Mm-hmm. And I never had that. I mean, in terms of like, I never had those limits. Like they told me, but I'm just like, but in National Geographic, it says I can go to this place in Peru and Moscow and I can do that. Like, why are you telling me people from here don't? So mm-hmm. it was, 
you know, it was a combination of that kind of stuff along with you can't look like you want to look because I'd see Aborigines and stuff that were tattooed and musicians. And I'm like, I want that. And they're like, you'll never be successful looking like that. Well, they're wrong. You know, I mean, there's all these things. And, and then you pile on top of that things that, you know, I didn't talk about any of this. I stuffed it down. And I was angry. My parents got divorced. I'm angry. Other things happen. I'm angry. My grandparents essentially rejected me because of the way I look. So I'm more angry and rejected and all mm-hmm. these crazy things. Well, and eventually that piles up. I mean, you know how it is. You add in maybe a parent that's sick or a kid that's bullied or a job you hate. And now you're, you have this mountain you're carrying mm-hmm. and you're not sharing it with anyone. Nobody gets you. You're alone in the fight. You hate your fucking life and you see no solution because you can't climb this mountain. Yeah, and but you think you're the only you're the only miserable one. Exactly. And and what a lot of people don't realize is when you're standing at the bottom looking up at that mountain, it's daunting. It's a daunting ass thought to climb it, to to try to take on any one of those things. But the key is just deciding which one to take on and starting there one you know second of every day and that's that's the key is focusing small understanding you have big goals but if you focus small i mean you and lola didn't get where you're at because you focus big you're like son of a bitch we are broke let's worry about this meal and let's how about on friday we order out but otherwise ramen noodles you know what Mm -hmm. i mean so Mm -hmm. you work for friday and then you get that and you can have that meal i mean that's the way i see everything in life but to get back to your initial question uh, or, or comment, I was really at bottom because I didn't talk about it. I stuffed it all down. And I didn't see solutions. But I also never asked anybody if they were feeling it, if they'd been there, if there were solutions. I never took responsibility. I just looked inward and sulked and got in this negative cycle. Pathetic, worthless, ugly. You're never successful. You're not going anywhere. And as you know, you become your thoughts. You become who you surround yourself with. So if you have negative thoughts and you, you're not trying to break that cycle, you surround yourself with negative people to beat you down, guess what? You're probably fucking miserable. So mm-hmm. that was so, my mindset. So what like, what was the thing um, – by the way, before I do that, let me just quickly – Richard yep. Hughes gave us two bucks. He wants to ask Josh whether or not you wear tactical flip-flops. <laughs> it's a thing <laughs> I, for Richard. It's a thing. He likes wearing them. Right. Uh, I, yeah. I generally don't wear flip-flops at all unless I'm on a beach. So. Okay, there you go. You definitely don't wear flip-flops to a range, right? Uh, hell no. Hell no. Okay, Rats there you go. <laughs> yeah, you, you, got your, you got your answer. Uh, you got your <laughs> answer. There you go, Richard. So, so here's the thing. What made you stop digging and start climbing out of that thing? Was it you? Uh, Was it internal or external or both? Um. It, 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 it to be honest, it was when I wrote my suicide note. Okay. Because I wrote that note and all that shit that I was carrying and stuffing down, mm-hmm. I finally put out to the world. I, you know, nobody read it yet, but I just put it out there. I was like freed of it, and I, I equate that to the fact that, you know, you can talk to a friend about it. Like today, if I was feeling absolute shit and I needed some help, I'd give you a call. I'd be like, "What's up, Hank? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you're, you've struggled with." finances and you came out of it. How do I do this? You know, you, you would give me that hope. And that was the thing. I just was able to kind of exercise the demons as it were and Mm -hmm. get it out. So it made me feel lighter. 
And just that act of taking responsibility, even though I didn't really realize that's what I was doing at that time, mm-hmm. was what changed it for me. I'm like, oh, I did X, and it made me realize you know, Y. So okay. I wonder if I do that again, then what? And then I, you start climbing the rungs of that ladder, and you start digging out of that pit. Okay, so you kind of like uh, pulled yourself up by your own shoelaces. You didn't seek external help. Um, I, I did. I mean, I, at that point, I started reaching out to people. Like, if I want to be successful in business or whatever, I'd be like, "Look, I have the internet. This is right around the time when internet was starting to come around. Message boards, forums. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, you know, I, I I started messaging my heroes, people I looked up to. I'm like, hey, bro, like, I know you don't know me. I'm a some dorky kid from Iowa, like." can you teach me how to do this? And he'd be like, yeah, you know, fly to Arizona. Let's talk. I'll mentor you. And I was like, holy crap. Like everything's changing. And mm-hmm. that's exactly how it started to work for me as I started to take responsibility for it. I started to reach out to other people who essentially had the answers to my life's big questions. How do I okay. get out of this? Right. So the things you wanted to do that everyone was telling you this is impossible. You can't do it. You'll not you're not going to make it. If you look like this, you're definitely not going to make it. You got all these things against you instead of instead of looking at the people in the community around you who never fucking did any of that shit. Right. And had no clue what they were talking about because they didn't make it. They were basically giving you the mirror of their lives. That's exactly what they're doing. Yep. Okay, so you started looking at the things that you wanted to do. You started approaching the people who were actually doing it. A hundred percent. And that's what changed my life completely. I mean, at this point, it's really strange to look back and like to, to go through my cell phone and see that like my childhood heroes, names and numbers are in there. Like uh, okay. that's insane to think about. But the reason that happened is very simply because I reached out. And I didn't reach out in a fan sort of way. I reached out in a, you have answers that I seek. You're a professional. Teach me, Yoda, and, and help me be, you know, a freaking Jedi because that's what I was wanting. And, mm-hmm. you know, everybody loves to, to share knowledge and they did. Yeah. And it was, it's unbelievable that that's still happening today. I still do that. Yeah. And everyone starts from zero. Right. I mean, that's just, look, I don't care who it is. If it's someone who you think they were born wealthy... <laughs> And you, because I know this is a syndrome that a lot of people have, right? They were like, how come I just wasn't born wealthy? How come someone doesn't knock on the door and say, oh, by the way, you're, you're our long lost child and we're cajillionaires. <laughs> <laughs> Here goes a All fortune, right? right? right. Uh, even if you think that that was, even if you think that that's a thing that just happens, it didn't happen. That person might've been born wealthy. Um, that has nothing to do with whether or not they maintain wealth, but at the same time, that doesn't have anything to do with how the people they were born into this world with or through became wealthy, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and if it, if you think it's a generational wealth thing, like I thought about that one time, I always had that question. I was like, how the hell does this happen? You know, how come, how come my parents were, you know, weren't just, uh, billionaires or something. And I think we all think that way. And then I realized, look, you can build generational wealth. Right. You know, people have done it. There's lots of people who have come to America with absolutely nothing. They gave up just like me. You know, they, they left whatever country they were from. They lost everything they had. They came to America and they found a way to build it. So I may not I may not uh, completely have that in my lifetime. But if I figure out how generational wealth works, I could do it. Right. 
and and Lola and I can do it and we can give something to our kids and they can give something to their kids. And then one day you have these kids that are born to these people that are wealthy and know how to keep passing it on down through generations. That's the key is, you know, as time goes, because, you know, you find that that individual who is generationally wealthy and pisses it all away. Well, they, you know, and, and it could be because a mentor or a parent or somebody died early and they got the money young and now they don't have the, the tools anymore where leading up to that point, you know, you're born into this family, you're taught how to handle investments, where to put your money, what, what to invest in, how much risk to take, what, you know, what all these interests. Yeah. Responsibility. You know, like exactly yeah. how to exactly. show up, work hard. <laughs> But that's yeah. it. If 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 you know if you're in the ghetto somewhere, that's you're not concerned about that. Your parents are worried about the next meal that they're going to get it. That's why mm-hmm. you're talking about you know massive investments and you know how how uh, evergreen money works and all this stuff. Well, at the end of the day, you can get out of that world by asking somebody in that world. And if they're willing to take a chance, if they're not willing to take a chance, you keep looking until they are. But once you get that info, you're better for it. So you can start, again, becoming that person. You can instill that in in your kids and so on. Mm -hmm. So it's absolutely doable. Anything's doable if you find the right uh, mentor to help you get the knowledge needed to do it. Yeah. And and I believe, um, just like I was saying that back in the days, if you were bored, I don't really understand that concept. I probably did when I was a kid, right? Like being bored, but I don't. When I rem- when I think about it, I don't because if if I didn't have anything to do, my mother would make up shit for me to do. Exactly. Yeah. And and I think <laughs> it's kind of that for people. I say like you know, um, idle. It's idle hands, right? I think what is it? Idle hands are the devil's playground, something like yep. that. Yeah, devil's workshop, something like that. Yeah, you know. So get busy going after that thing. Right. You know, if there's if if there's something that you think this is going to make me happy, if I if I achieve this thing, get busy going after it. You might say, well, I don't know. I don't know anyone who I could talk to. Like, I want to be the fastest, like the guy who could draw a gun the fastest and all this kind of stuff. And you think you don't know anyone, you know, just start get busy going after that thing. You know, exactly. you've got you've got the Internet, you've got YouTube, you've got all kinds of things. You could start there. You can go. To, then that might lead you to going to competitions, which might lead you to meeting those people. And, you know, you build your way up from there. But if you're busy going after that thing, it's way better than you just staying at home and being miserable because you haven't like achieved anything. You know, even if exactly. you're at home looking into that thing, you're busy on, on, on the path of finding what you're looking for. Hundred percent. Preach on, brother. That's exactly <laughs> the case. I mean, holy crap. Because I hear that all the time. Well, I don't know. Well, Jesus, you got freaking Google. You know, when I was a kid, I had encyclopedias that were outdated by 20 years. And then I had to write a damn letter. Like when I yeah. had a forum and I'm mm-hmm. like, shit, somebody's gonna leave a message in there for me. Maybe tomorrow I'll check back. Like I thought that was a miracle, you know? Yeah. Yeah, encyclopedias were a big deal when I was growing up. I think we had a few of them. I had freaking like Disney encyclopedias. You ever heard of that? Uh, No, but were they like educational? But like if I had a picture of like Van Gogh and his article of like Mickey as Van Gogh in the photo or what? Yeah, yeah. There was this, I I can't remember exactly what it was called, but somehow my parents bought these Disney 
encyclopedia of things and it had all these Disney cartoon characters in there. And, um, that's like the first, my, my first reference books. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if it got you into them, it doesn't matter what they were. Yeah. Man, that's great. Yeah. I wish I could just find those things just for nostalgia as well as things like encyclopedia, Britannica, etc. that my parents had. But yeah, nowadays you don't even have to do that. There's no cost. Those things are expensive. Yeah. Um, and, and my parents spent a lot of money even to do the, the the thing that you might think is a crazy Disney, you know, thing that it all costs money. It would like this is, you know, people make money out of that Encyclopedia Britannica. People went into debt for that, man. They're making <laughs> payments. Yeah, yeah I, I remember a, a salesman came to our house and my brother was, you know, in junior high or, or just starting high school. He's, he's eight years older than me. So I was young. And when we got these things delivered like three weeks later, because it was like, oh, Chad's starting, you know, he's going to need these references and it's an investment for the family. Like we got these boxes of books. I was like, oh, this blue covered goodness filled yeah. with I'd sit and read them like all day Saturday. I'd just start with A, you know what yeah. I mean? Go yeah. all the way through them. Yeah, absolutely. Crazy. So the, there is a way. I mean, even if you don't have a phone, you don't have Internet, you can go down to the library and you can get free internet and you can get on there and you can look up things. You just need to get busy um, going after those things, I believe. Hell um, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Now, I don't think you we really touched on the on the uh, on the question. So tell us about some people. I know I know you're not really like the bragging kind of guy, but tell us about some people that you've helped that you, you know, it's come back to you like you've gotten sure. feedback from those folks. Um, uh, you know, I mean, I, it happens a lot. I get messages a lot on Instagram or, you know, other social media stuff. And I have for years and it's, you know, the ones that always hit me and make me emotional are soldiers and veterans because for me, like my respect level for those individuals is like, like I have a ton of self-respect. I love myself, you know, but I'm here. They're up here just mm -hmm. because they've been out there. They've seen the shit. They've done what it takes They've, you know, I'm, I'm here to be a servant of man to make the world better. They mm -hmm. were willing to make the ultimate sacrifice. You get the respect, you know? And yeah. I started getting messages from dudes over in the sandbox and, uh, you know, they'd be like, Hey man, like I read your posts. I, you know, I, I get what you're saying. We shipped a ton of books over there and care packages and stuff cool. way back in the day. And, um, you know, I'd get messages back or letters from them that are like, you know, all I think about is you know my wife or my daughter and one guy i remember i broke down reading it because i connected so deeply with the fact that he the thing he missed most was when he'd get home and he'd hit the garage door opener and his german shepherd would run out <laughs> underneath the door and come mm -hmm. just jump on him and lick on him and love on him and that he missed that and that you know the posts that i would put out there every day are what kept him here and kept him looking forward to that because the pain was so great being there, being alone, not feeling good about anything. And it's, you know, it's messages like that that blow me away. Cause I'm ultimately, I'm just some kid from central Iowa who is trying to keep his head above water in a big ocean of despair and bullshit that he thought he was living in. Mm -hmm. So to have somebody put that much value on you, who's out there to me really, serving man like unreal but yeah. uh 
I think loneliness, loneliness is a big deal, man. Uh, sorry it I didn't to cut you off there. No. I noticed that that is like a really powerful thing that we all face. Uh, you know, obviously, when you have people who voluntarily sign up and, and go out there and regardless of what they do, you know, um, they fight for their country. Right. They play their right. part and um, they take the chances that they take and they deal with this abject uh, loneliness and it's crazy to think that you have people who are here and they're lonely. You know, you you, right. you can have someone who's like a big superstar, you know, in blockbuster movies and all that kind of stuff, has everything that a person could possibly want. And then they're still lonely, you yep. know, and you think like, wow, these are two like these things are so far away from each other, yet they're so close. I mean, yeah, absolutely. How do you for the folks out there who who are dealing with that? You know, um, I think that's like a big thing I deal with all the time. I think that's something that we all deal with. You know, what can you tell us? Like, what advice can you give us on how to deal with that kind of loneliness? Uh, man, loneliness is, is a tough thing for me because honestly, I don't generally get too lonely because I'm an introvert. I love alone time. Uh, that's not to say that I don't miss people or, you know, things like that. But I mean, in, in the long run, generally for me, when I'm alone, it's, it's, uh, especially when I have no goals, that's the struggle because if I'm in a place kind of just stuck without, you know, I'm just like Sundays used to be a real problem for me because it was like rest day, day of rest. Well, I don't rest well because I get in here and mm -hmm. I start thinking and overthinking and it causes problems. And then, you know, it really creates a bad place in my head. So I'm always the guy who says like, get up and go redirect your, uh, your, whatever, you know, whatever challenges you're having, redirect, go to the gym, you know, go, you know, meet up with a friend, make a phone call, you know, do the things that we tend to put off in those moments, because generally if we're lonely and, and that this is different to be clear than, you know, feeling alone in, in a crowd to me. So, mm -hmm. you know, if, if you're out and about, if you, if you can get out, if you can go hit the gym, obviously in my case, that's like, you know, if I need to clear my head, the gym is where I go. So anything that you love, go do that and try to share it. I mean, again, you, you mentioned earlier, you know, the internet's a great place. Find people in, in forums or in a group online or something and communicate with them, learn things, work toward goals, because the more focus we get on purpose and goals, the less we're focused on, you know, loneliness, negativity, shortcomings, you know, all these other things that tend to overwhelm us. Mm -hmm. So long story short, focus on goals and work for those in those moments, especially. So what if you are that person that feels alone in a crowd that you mentioned? Um, generally, it's and again, this is me painting with a, a broad brush as well as kind of looking internally for this answer. Um, but generally, if if I felt alone in a crowd and I did always because I was like that that kid who kind of I, I was the weird Coburn kid in, in my small town, you know, so mm -hmm. I not only did I have different interests and didn't really fit in anywhere, but even when I was, you know, just myself alone, I didn't feel comfortable in my own skin. So for me, the way that I kind of went about it is I was able to start talking about even those things, like just discussing it now puts me at peace because mm -hmm. I know that I'm not alone. I know that there's a world full of people who feel these same feelings 
and communicate. Communicate kindness, accept vulnerability from others, and be willing to be vulnerable. Because if we can break down those walls a little bit, which generally is perceived as weakness, it's not. It takes fucking strength to take down your walls and be real with somebody. If you can do that, if you can kind of show your scars, you realize that there's a lot of other people walking around with those scars too. Yeah, so I agree. That's I mean, works for me. I, I feel that same way. I'm the kind of uh, I'm the kind of person that I feel I'm, I could be swimming in an ocean of people, and I feel just completely entirely solo. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm absolutely that way. Yeah. And and I think that I agree with what you're saying. And I, and I would suggest that to other people. I think that if if you get out there and you try to instead of wallowing in whatever it is that is affecting you, you try to do things to help other people like what you're doing. I think that's probably what helped you pull out of that because, you you know, you went you were you were down deep in this hole. You know, and then you decided to stop digging and to climb your way out of there. And then you realize, wow, maybe I could help other people out there with this. And you started sharing it, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's insane how quickly when we provide value to others, you know, the whole what comes around goes around is no bullshit. No, not Excuse at all. Me. If you're providing value to other people's lives, the, the gifts that come back to your own – Mm-hmm. is unreal like like i said before like my shittiest times have bred the best parts and best experiences of my life and it's because i use those shitty times to provide value to other people who are going through it i can't help everybody but if i can be there and encourage people if i don't understand their situation and i can't give advice which really isn't my job it's i'm there to support them like okay i don't get what you're going through but let's try to beat it together. And just mm-hmm. being present affords you so much right back because they may have felt alone, you know? So yeah. it's a huge thing. Absolutely, man. I feel that way. This um, Doing this, by the way, in a lot of ways is my therapy. <laughs> I can relate to that. I yeah. definitely. Yeah, I don't know if people understand that, but I think it's that thing that keeps my keeps my my mind busy and all that kind of stuff. And then I'm out here and I'm communicating with people and talking to people. And like every day there's someone out there reaching out to me. And sometimes people feel bad because they're reaching out to me. And I'm like, no, it's cool. <laughs> right. You know, I'm, I'm happy to do it. So I know we're like, you know, we're over the time. Um, and, and it's a really good conversation, man. We definitely, you know, we should get you to come back. What I want to do is I want to encourage people to to seek out this book, Shit That Needs Said by Joshua Coburn. Um, can you can you tell the folks out there how to get in touch with you, how to follow you on social media, how to communicate with you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, JoshuaCoburn.com is where you can find all my social media. For you can find the book, everything else you want to know about me. Um, so you can hit that up. Otherwise it's basically just Joshua Coburn at Joshua Coburn or Joshua dot Coburn on all the social media sites. Um, Instagram is my primary, but I also use Facebook a lot. So reach out, say what's up. If you're struggling, I'm here to freaking help. It might take me a bit to get back, but damn it, I'll get back to you if I can. And, and we'll, we'll work it out together because it's, it's a big friggin' world and we're in it together. So let's all make, make the rise, you know, let's all climb those ladders absolutely i totally agree with that man um uh, you know i would say that if if you feel like you need help 
you know, at, reach out, definitely reach out and talk to people and ask people to help. Um, there's lots of folks out there that, that would be happy to help you. And then at the same time, um, you know, you get back from the universe in multiples what you give the universe. Absolutely. So if you feel like you need help, help some people out there. You know, it's a powerful thing. You know, if you don't yeah. believe in it, if you've never tried it, try it. It will change your life. Um, I want to I want to thank Josh for coming on so much, man. You're an awesome dude. I'm glad I was able to share you with the folks with, with these folks out here that, that listen to my to uh, to what I do that follow me. And, and I appreciate you taking all this time to come on, man. Dude, it's absolutely an honor and a pleasure. Thank you so much. I look forward to seeing you soon, man. Thank you. Absolutely. So do I. All right, folks, uh, we're going to get out of here. You know, thanks so much to everyone that's watching. I appreciate you guys hanging in there with us. Um, if you're just coming in right now, you might want to go back to the beginning of this and watch it or watch it at a later time. But thanks so much to everyone. I know like this is not uh, what we normally do, but I do enjoy having people that write things uh, come on, especially people like like my friend Josh that helps people out. So thanks so much for hanging in there with us all this time. Josh, you got any last words? Uh, nope. Just get out there and kick all the ass, ladies and gentlemen. That's what it's all about. Do good things. Hell yeah. Kick all the ass. We're out of here. Peace.